edition of Mostly Gambling. I'm Mike here with Jay. We got a phenomenal show for you today. We are on the cusp of the NBA playoffs. We got the play-ins happening right now. So we're going to talk about a few of those games with a couple games coming up tomorrow night. Atlanta, Cleveland, New Orleans Clippers. Winner gets in. Unfortunately, they're going to have to play the one seed, which is the Suns and the Heat. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about all the NBA playoff series prices. And if Jay and I can find you guys any value in any of those games, uh, followed by a little bit of daily fantasy info and advice from our expert Jay on how to play these playoff games. Obviously, there's going to be some shift in strategy for the next three months. I feel like the playoffs go two and a half, three months. Um, a little bit of advice for the RBC Heritage and Hilton Head coming up, the golf tournament. Baseball, first week. Going to hear some of my thoughts and how... We got robbed yesterday by Dave Roberts and the Dodgers with Clayton Kershaw throwing a perfect game through seven. I'm going to take the pro side on that. Jay is going to take the con side. But first, more importantly, if you listen to our old show, Mostly Sports, you know that we like to go off the cuff a little bit. And this is one of those perfect times. I have been so excited to talk about this with Jay. I've been basically radio silent for two days since this happened because I wanted to have all of the info here for you guys. Jay had to go on a mandate two nights ago. Not a mandate like an NFL mandate or a fine mandate. Jay went on an actual man date. Set up. Man. Man. Date. date. Set up. Basically got asked out in a, in a workout class, an F45 workout class. And I am dying, dying to hear about this. But first, before we get in there, Jay, what's happening in Annapolis right now? Dude, the weather's turning. The sun is coming out. The uh, the sludge of winter is uh, kind of in the rear view, but as we know on the East Coast, it's a little schizophrenic. But it's 80 today, and uh, hopefully the weather is just going to be fucking nice for uh, at least a couple of months. You're in Arizona. Yeah. You're in Scottsdale living the dream with a little family reunion. What's going on? Yeah, a little uh, on location. We were supposed to do Cabo for my dad's 70th last year, but obviously because of COVID, that got kind of flipped upside down. So uh, we got a nice house in Arizona. My sister's heading out tomorrow from New York. My dad's here and uh, me and my fam are here. Love it out here. It's so nice. It's We woke up this morning. It was 59 degrees. We had breakfast by the pool. It felt like it was 80. It was perfect. I mean, I love Arizona. It's nice. There's just no beach or else I'd live here. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be tough when you're leaving, leaving the torturous weather of Southern California. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got you got you got it so bad. I know it's brutal. It's brutal. <laughs> you, you left seventy five for eighty. The, I know, right? <laughs> for a drier eighty too. <laughs> tough, tough one. The good thing about tough. Hell. I mean, New York. I grew up in New York. I live in Los Angeles. Pretty much twenty years, twenty years, and uh, the, the, everything's so expensive. Both of those spots. The good thing about leaving those spots is you go anywhere else. Everything is so much cheaper. Shockingly cheaper. I don't have to pay twelve dollars. For a beer when we go out it's a normal price it's four dollars it's five dollars everything just it's nice to be away for a little while for sure i love it i love it well dude enjoy that's a great town man while you're uh hanging out in the desert going to indian casinos playing golf in your three-hole golf course you have at your uh, vrbo i went on a mandate as you uh alluded to in the uh tip-off of the show so excited to hear about that and 
And, you know, I'm 48 years old, moved to Annapolis about a year and a half ago. Got some buddies here, man. But, hey, I'm always open to new friends. That's who I am. You meet nice people. You know, you want to make a connection. Got roped in to go on these F45 classes right before my wedding. And now I'm just addicted to them. What's F45? Nice Is that CrossFit? It's no, no. It's like, well, it's a workout class. That's the only thing it has in common. I'm not lifting fucking boulders up and and swinging hammers. Like this is like functional, forty five body weight stuff, cardio, some weights, bikes, and, and and rowers and things of that nature. It's good for an old man to to get the body going. Gotcha. So so it's pretty. It's it's nice, but but yeah, man. You know, got uh, met a guy in my pod. Now here's the fun part, right? You know, I, I'm lucky I don't have to be in an office. I got a lot of free time. So I go to the 930 class, all right? The 930 class is like two dudes and like 18 to 20 chicks, all right? Melissa being one of them. She goes with me. And, you know, middle of the day, you know, not, not to be misogynist, but, you know, the dudes are at work. You know, not that women don't work, but, I mean, you do find that the classes in the middle of the day are way more women and the classes early in the morning, there's a lot more dudes going, right? You can, def- I don't know why, but there's gotta be a reason anyway. So it's kind of like Stockholm syndrome. You get like, you know, you're forced to become, you know, friends with the, I don't have a lot of options, right? It's just me and like two other dudes. I'm lucky that the two other dudes that go to these classes are like super nice guys. And then my one buddy, Aiden was like, Hey man, let's go get a beer. It's a big step, Mike. It's a huge when you step. take it out of the, you take it out of the classroom into a social setting. You know, a lot of shit can go wrong. You know, it could get political. You could, you know, it's it, the same anxieties that you have when you go on a date with a girl. You know, minus the physical holding the door, who's getting the check. You know, sex at the end of the date. Luckily, none of that stuff is involved, so it is a little bit easier. But there's still anxieties when it comes to. Uh, you know, first impressions and, you know, you never know if this is going to be a buddy that you're going to have the rest of your life. Uh, any questions from you so far? Like a million. I, I have so many, so many. Uh, we're talking about upping the pressure. Yeah, there's zero pressure when you guys are at F45 in your little pod and, you know, you're climbing ropes and all that stuff and, you know, doing rowing machines, I'm guessing for some reason. But like when you were getting ready and you're you're newly married, so you have basically a consultant in Melissa to help you with this. Is it, and it's been a long time since you and I have ever gone on a first date, but were you like, did you pick out clothes? Did you try something on and say, this is no good? How did that work? You know, I just wanted to represent myself the best way I could. I went with my old standbys, had the hat on backwards, kept it simple, had the flops on. Melissa was making fun of me all day. Uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting it was an interesting lead up. Yeah. And it was like kind of fun to feel alive and feel a little so he invites me to his local, right? His local bar. Okay. His home turf. And big move by him. His home turf, man, a home field advantage. Yeah. He knows the bartender, probably that's it's a power move. Yeah. And I respect it. I, I respect it, man. So show up. I get there. I'm the I'm there a little early. I sh- you know, I chat up the uh the bartender, I chat up the people next to me are oh, super so nice. Turn, turns out I got there a little early. I'm an early guy. I, I subscribe to the, if you, you're not 15 minutes early, you're 15 minutes late mantra. Okay. So, so this is like, get there this early. is good fellas. When Ray Liotta thought he was getting there 15 minutes ahead of De Niro. And then De Niro was already sitting there eating his English muffin. And then he asked him to whack somebody down in Florida. So this is, that's an interesting little dynamic. 
Well, I figured if it's his home turf, I got to get there and get comfortable with my surroundings. I got to check out the beer selection. I got to check out the menu. I got to just like take stock of of, of the ambiance, mm-hmm. right? Cool spot. Picked a cool spot, right? Because let's say uh, his local spot was like a French brasserie, <laughs> right? And all they had was like wine and fucking spritzers. Okay, well, that's telling me something. Mm-hmm. He picked a good spot, man, like real good spot, homie, some sports were on, bartender was cool. I say to the bartender, hey, I got a buddy coming, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just, you know, keep this seat right oh, so here. So he saved him a seat. So he, he, I saved him a seat. He strolls in, and the bartender immediately goes, oh, you didn't tell me your friend was Aiden. He's a celebrity. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. All right, I'm with a, I'm with a big time guy right here. This guy's running stuff around here. I liked it, very cool. But anyway, he was a good dude, man. He's a really nice guy. You know, we're into different sports. You know, he's more of like a sailor and a hella skier and adrenaline junkie, and I'm more of like, you know, I'm like a gopher. I just get in my hole where I'm comfortable and like I don't really, you know, press my boundaries too far. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, it was an interesting conversation. I learned a lot. We had a good time. We had some drinks. We had some great chicken nachos, should, which was very important. Did you guys share them? We shared the chicken nachos. Uh, you know, had a couple. I had a couple glasses of wine. Okay, a couple beers. Shot the shit. Had half a gummy. You know, that was Melissa's advice. Like she goes, just take like half a gummy when you get there, and you'll be all set. So, okay. you know, the gummy kick. The gummy kicked in. Chatting up the people next to me. It turns out one of the girls next to me was on 90 Day Fiance. And if if any of you don't watch 90 Day Fiance, you're missing out in life. Like, take some time. Watch any incarnation of 90 Day Fiance on TLC. And it'll be like the best hour you spend of your life that day. I mean, it's an incredible show. So it was just a winner all around, man. I give it an A. Okay. Excited for date man, man date number two. I hope he feels the same way. Now, here's the fun part, Michael. You go on a date with a girl. What's the rule? When do you text? Well, okay. So my mind is being blown right now. And I feel like I'm interviewing you about this. I have a million questions before we even get to that. We're clearly going to need to split this up into two episodes or else people won't even know if they're listening to the show that the basketball playoffs are about to happen. Okay. So I need, this is the mostly part. This is the mostly part. (laughs) And this is the fun part. Okay. So we are, I'm going to tease this right now. We're going to continue this conversation in our next episode. We might even do a quick hitter in the next day or two, strictly talking about this. But I need to ask you this before we even get to texting and how many days and all that stuff, I would be remiss to ask, because I know everybody listening to this is thinking of, I love you, man. Okay. When Jason Siegel and Paul Rudd go on a mandate. Okay, I'm sure everybody's thinking that without getting into too much detail, because I again, I could go on for hours and hours when it was time to leave. How did that go? Did you guys give a pound, a fist bump, uh, a hug, a high five and then a hug? Did you call him Jobin? Did you get on your little Vespa and drive home? Like, how does that work? The Magooch. All right, Magooch. So, you know, here's the thing about me, right? And it's like everybody's got a different language. I'm a hugger, man. Like, I, I, I bro hug the shit out of people. I, you know, I throw up the high five. I bring you in. I wrap my big paw around you. It's just what I do, right? Now, I had shaken his hand in F45 class. I don't think he, and he's a 48-year-old guy like myself. I don't think, and he's a lacrosse player. I'm a basketball player. Basketball players were a little more, you know, we bring it in a little bit more, I think. 
uh, maybe it's the culture of basketball. I, I don't know, but I don't think lacrosse players do. You're a lacrosse player. I was both. What do you guys do? Are you? I was both. I, you do both. Well, I play basketball and lacrosse. That basketball is a little bit different because there's nothing guarding your body except the jersey. Lacrosse, we have gloves and helmets and elbow pads and shoulder pads and all that stuff. So yeah, we get close. I don't think but it's you a, guys a little barrier. You guys aren't as comfortable with skin on skin as the basketball players are. Well, because you have to you take know? off huge well, gloves and all that stuff. So yeah. So so out in the real world, it, you know, it transfers. So for me, skin on skin, what's up? Like it's just normal okay. as a hooper. Lacrosse dude, you guys have all this shit on, so it's a little different. Anyway, to answer your question, we split the check. I offered to pay. You know, he he uh, he's like, no, no, let's split the check. So we split the check. And then I just said, fuck it. And I went in for the fight. Yeah, I was like, dude, we're buddies. I got to show this guy how I, I man love it up. Okay. I, gave him, I gave him the man hug. So what you're doing is you're taking away the awkwardness and just going for it and just being blatant about yeah, it. You, that's one, yeah, that's one way to do it for sure. You know, just I just went in for it. It seemed like it was well received. Okay. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good experience. Had a good time. And no, nothing uh, nothing bad to say about the experience. Nice guy. Right, Very so, nice dude. Like I said, this is going to end up becoming a series. We're going to do a couple minutes on this each day because, again, I have a million questions, and I know you guys listening are probably mad at me right now for not asking certain questions. I will get there. Don't worry. I'm just very curious to see how this went. Now, real quick, let's do this in like a, less than a minute. How did you guys leave off? Like, I'll text you. I'll see you in F45 class. You know, hey, hit those, those rollers. You know, I don't know. I'll see you in class, man. Have a good weekend. Uh, you know, just kind of open-ended. Okay. I waited a day. I shot him a text. I said, man, great time. Do it again sometime soon, bro. Nice. You know? Okay. And he's responded quickly. Good time. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, all in all, I think it was a pretty pretty solid experience, okay. man. You know, the people that walk the earth and they're like, oh, I don't have time for new friends. Or like, you know, you hear people say that, uh, no new friends. Fuck that, dude. I, I got I got plenty of room under my tent for cool people. And, you know, it's good to get outside your comfort zone a little bit, too. You know, Absolutely. it's like I've been here a year and a half. I haven't met too many people. I certainly haven't been out in public with strangers before, you know, in a very long time. Uh, you know, but hey, you were a stranger to me at one point. Yeah. And now look at us, man. Right. So uh, friendships have to start somewhere. And I think this one started off on a beautiful foot, man. Those chicken nachos, primo. See, these are, these are like the little primo. detailed questions I have. Like, what exactly did you drink? The chicken nachos, how were they? Were there beans? Did they do layers or did they just dump everything on the chip? These are the important questions I have that we can get to some other pooled. time. Pooled chicken, okay. not cubed. It's The pooled chicken was like a nice touch. The chips were homemade and fried. Great cheese underneath and on top, and it was served on one of those silver trays. Love that, love that. That's a it's a great great vessel. Yeah. for nachos. What man. that tells me is so. either a super thick plate or it's served on those trays. That means they throw it in the broiler for a minute to get the cheese really like overly melted. That's what that tells me. Good spot. I like that spot. I felt kind of bad because the gummy hadn't kicked in yet when we were ordering food and I wasn't terribly hungry. Mm. And then the food came and the gummy kicked in. And then I think I went to town right. on the nachos. So he might be doing another podcast <laughs> somewhere going, you should have seen this guy throw these nachos down. <laughs> dude, you should have seen this dude <laughs> shoveling the nachos in. Very, 
Very, he could be doing like a mountain biking podcast right now somewhere. I have no idea. <laughs> he kept, <laughs> you know, he kept so. talking about this silver stupid tray that these came on. Who gives a yeah. shit? <laughs> you know, he wouldn't be lying either. I went to town. He wouldn't be lying. Oh my god, that's hilarious! All right, so I'm going to come back to this in a little while because I, I, I love, I love this, this awkwardness, these questions. I'm going to ask you off, uh, off microphone, off camera, what your idea of a half of a gummy is, how many milligrams that is, because. Uh, just i'm just gonna say different for everybody yeah half a gummy means nothing there's zero context in that um oh my god i love it i love it i love it i got to talk to melissa maybe get her on a little bit i want to hear her take on everything that went down but now we got to move on i'm going to come back to this later this week maybe next week but uh still a million questions if you guys have any questions for jay about his mandate please write us on twitter or instagram at mostly gambling uh, I will ask anything you guys want because I'm fascinated by the situation, clearly. Um, all right, so moving on real quick. We are in the midst of the NBA play-ins. Now, just in, in a word real quick, are you a fan of the play-in or not? Yes or no? Love it. Love it. Okay, I love good. It. I agree. I think it's I just, awesome. Uh, yeah. I was explaining it to my dad yesterday, actually, last night, and he said to say, he goes, that's really cool. I said, anytime there's an elimination game at stake, it's it just takes everything up. The energy for that Clippers Wolves game the other night. I know Pat Beverly was most of the energy, but that was awesome. I was in. I actually got a little goosebumps now talking about that because that had a game seven playoff atmosphere. Yeah, and wait, and here's the best part. Wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow's games are gonna be even better yes. because then it's truly win or go home. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the, you know the you know the yeah, the 9-10 games, the Atlanta-Charlotte game and the Pelican-San Antonio game certainly had that winner-go-home winner, winner feel because it really was that. Yeah. But tomorrow tomorrow night is a doubleheader where I, I think there's going to be an insane amount of intensity. Mm-hmm. Like NCAA tournament feel kind of, you know, elimination, game seven level intensity. It's, it's going to be a great night of basketball tomorrow night. I feel like Atlanta got up by about 25, 30, stayed there the whole game. And then every time I kept checking in on New Orleans, San Antonio, New Orleans just stayed up by 10, and that was it. They ended up winning by 10. Tomorrow's games, it's a bummer there's not any on tonight. I'd like to be, have that split up one night, one night. Atlanta-Cleveland, that's game. that game's in Cleveland. Atlanta's favored by two and a half. And then the later game, the Clippers favored by four at home against New Orleans. If you had to make two picks against the spread right now, who do you like? Uh, well, let, let me let me interject one gambling thing. So I always have like we all have our weird little things that we gamble on every year. And here, here's one that is it's uh, three and one so far. There's been four games, and this weekend or Friday night, and then Saturday Sunday, you're gonna have more. You're gonna have ten more chances to bet this, and I've been betting it probably for six years now. Bet the first quarter on every single home team. That's it. And I, I can, I'm not going to guarantee a winner, but you're not going to lose money. The game ones, the home teams always come out and take an early lead. It, it went three and four in the games on Tuesday and Wednesday night. The only three, one that didn't win three, was four, t- four. three and one. It went three and one. Yeah, four games. Three, you know, three. The home team covered three. The the only one it didn't cover was Minnesota and and, uh, and the Clippers. And Minnesota just had a shitty first quarter and came back and won the game. And all the other games, the home team was winning by 
at least four points and nine points in the other two games. So just keep a look at that. Look at the first quarter line in the game ones for all the games this weekend and tomorrow night. And I would say just blindly bet them all. I, I don't think there's any chance you can lose money. History is on your side. So uh, I'm looking real quick As far right as the now, game. Sorry. Yeah. The first game, Cleveland, first quarter, they're getting a half a point, which is interesting. They're the home team, but they're getting points. So I absolutely love that. You're getting pretty much even money. Ty, after the first quarter, you win it. And then right now the Clippers are minus one in the first quarter against the Pelicans. So take that for what it's worth. You're getting minus 110 for a point. If you want to give up that point and just go money line, you're 145. So give up that point for sure. Take the Clippers. I love stuff like that. This is the kind of stuff we'd like to bring you guys. Not just, oh, the Clippers are going to win and win by five. They're going to cover. That's disastrous. I love those those little nooks you get. Right now it's at a 75% clip. That's a monster number. Small sample size, monster number. Love that pick, J.D. Yeah, if you love energy and you believe that energy matters in sports and life, you know, it is a real thing. There is an enthusiasm in game ones that just doesn't really exist in game two. You know, these seven game series by game three, four and five, it, it kind of bogs down and both teams have figured each other out a little bit. You know, over unders seem to come down a little bit. So, you know, I think game one taking advantage of that. Vegas doesn't really have a good line yet and, and a good feel on these series in game one either. So I think you're getting a little advantage there. Give me the energy bump every single day of the week and uh, and ride that shit. But as far as tomorrow night goes, you know, Atlanta, you know, Atlanta's a very good team. They kind of underachieved all year. I, I do like Atlanta tomorrow night. I like both road teams tomorrow night, even though I like the first quarter bets for the home teams. I, I do like the road teams tomorrow night. I think the Pelicans getting C.J. McCollum, Ingram's back, back healthy. You know, Valanchunas has been playing spectacular. Herb Jones, you know, has been a defensive stopper for the Pelicans. They'll probably put him on Paul George. It, it, it's just, you know, that's a team that seems to be trending in, in the right direction. And and Trey Young, just give me the best player on the court well, that's- in, that, in that game. And I'm going to roll with the Hawks in that That's game what I was well. going to say. In some of these games, I feel like even though Cleveland is really coming together as a young team, it's probably going to say, LeBron, you know what? We don't want you in two years. We're building something special here. You take the best player, the star. They, what was Atlanta? The five seed last year because they had to go to New York and play in the Garden. I'll take that, that, that star player every time. And the only player, I think, in the NBA right now playing better than C.J. McCollum is Kyrie Irving. McCollum's unbelievable. He had, you know, seven – made field goals seven of eight last in the first quarter tied the entire Spurs team two nights ago for their field goals made so McCollum is playing amazing like you said you got Ingram what's the deal with Zion you think he's ready to play and they're just holding him back I have a question I wanted to ask you later if we have time about Zion and Ben Simmons but what does that do to a team right now out of nowhere they just said tomorrow hey Zion's he's a go what does that do to that team well uh, well, uh, to answer your question, I would say the Zion thing is just not going to happen. They're just going to wait. Uh, but the Simmons thing is real. He he will play in the Boston series for sure. And it's just a matter of when he will play. Games three, four, five, six. You know, it, it would be weird to kind of... I guess the later you wait, the more you're kind of disrupting your own kind of flow. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if the first two, three games, you're, you're kind of feeling out a series and... 
and and game planning, and then all of a sudden you throw this new. It, it could work both ways, right? Boston would have to adjust, but but Brooklyn would have to adjust. But here's the thing: I, I rip Simmons all the time, as everybody does. I'm not a I'm not a Ben Simmons fan, uh, but that's more me not being a fan of him personally. Right? Uh, basketball wise, aside from just being terrified to shoot the ball and also being horrifically bad at it, he's pretty great at everything else on a basketball court. Uh, he's an incredible defender. He's an incredible facilitator. You know, he's going to get out and run. He's going to get rebounds. He's just going to turn. He doesn't need to outlet pass, which is huge. He just, he just gets it and go. And he's exactly like, you see Bruce Brown, what he's doing for the nets right now, for the people following like daily fantasy, like Bruce Brown has been a godsend for daily fantasy. Like he outperforms his salary every single time. Ben Simmons is like Bruce Brown times 50. And, you know, the reality is if Ben Simmons comes back and he's like 70% of what he is, Brooklyn is an absolute nightmare, an absolute nightmare. So I think in that case, it it really does help Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn is a a really good team to bet some futures on right now. So Brooklyn is plus 125 to win that series against Boston. You want Boston, you're going to have to lay 145 to win a hundred. Uh, is that easily the most anticipated first round series? Yeah, I mean that is a great one. Uh, Denver and Golden State. If Steph Curry comes back, is going to be uh, is going to be pretty he's solid. Gotta come back, um, right? He's got to. Yeah, he's got to come. Got to come back. And that, you know, Nets Celtics is is definitely the number one you know first round matchup for sure. I mean, I, I'd love to have a counter argument to that, but it's going to be great. Sixers Raptors is going to be. Look, I'm a diehard Sixer fan. Uh, they got the best draw you can possibly imagine. All the good teams are on the other side of the draw. I mean, if they don't make an Eastern Conference final here, at the very least, it's going to be incredibly disappointing. Mm. That being said, like Toronto's really good. Toronto's got a really, really good basketball team. They're a little schizo. Nick Nurse is a great coach, probably the next coach of the Lakers. Uh, right that's going to be a re. He's favored. Yeah, I mean that the uh, the Raptors are plus one sixty five on that series. And as much as I hate it, like that's that's kind of a pretty good, pretty good price. And you know, if they lose game one, you can probably get them around like plus two fifty. The Raptors, and you know, okay. yeah, the game one overreactions are going to be insane. Mm-hmm. You know, teams are going to. I mean, you know, it, it it's totally acceptable for the Raptors to lose game one. I mean, they're not out of the series, but Vegas will move the line and make it look as if the series is over just because the Sixers won game one. Right. So. You know, I think that's that's a big thing to keep an eye on. It's like watch these game ones, see the flow, see where the mismatches are, and you know sometimes teams just miss shots, right? And and they get really good shots. They're not going to miss those shots for long. So you know, game two, game three, you're really going to be able to find some lines and, and some angles that uh, you know that, that you might get some really good prices at that point. I think. So right now, Philly's minus one eighty five. That that Brooklyn Boston series you were talking about, that's an absolute nightmare scenario for Knicks fans. We just kind of look past that and say, I hope both teams lose. Um, Golden State, it looks like they're thinking, Vegas, I mean, is thinking that Steph will play because Golden State to beat Denver right now is minus 250. Denver is plus 210. How much value is on Denver? I know Clay is starting to play well and all that, and Draymond is Draymond, and they have some pieces. And Jordan Poole's playing amazing. He's not in the same ballpark as Steph Curry. Why is this line so big when Denver Nuggets has the best player in basketball? 
That I mean, that's a really good question. I, I, you just told me that line. I just looked at it, and uh, you know, you figure Golden State would be favored, but who the hell is laying like two fifty on on Golden State in that series with like a gimpy Steph Kerr? Jordan Poole's been playing fantastic. Uh, Draymond Green, though, he, you know, yeah, I, I don't get it. That's a weird line. I mean, I, I don't. I think you either bet the Nuggets or you stay away. Um, but again, that'll be another one. Like we'll see game one how it plays out. It feels like they're just going to lean heavily on Jokic. Aaron, you know, Aaron Gordon's been playing really well the last, you know, week and a half, two weeks of the season. That, that's an X factor. If, uh, if Jokic can get a little help, you know, a little help from Will Barton, a little help from Monte Morris, you know, is Jamal Murray coming back? You know, the, you know, if you follow Harrison wind, who's the beat writer for the nuggets, he, he makes little alludes to, Hey, Jamal Murray. And, you know, Jamal Murray was working out. And so was Michael Porter Jr. He goes, Michael Porter Jr. looks like he's not coming back. But if you watch Jamal Murray, he, he looks like he's getting ready to come back. And, that, and that's a game changer for the Nuggets if they get Jamal Murray. People forget how good Jamal Murray is. That's a tough one. I mean, Steph is dealing with an ankle injury. You've sprained your ankle probably 100 times. I've sprained my ankle dozens of times. It's When it's a bad one, it, it doesn't matter. You, you could put as much tape on it as you want. You can't play. You can't put too much pressure on it. So, obviously, Steph's going to be back, but to what extent? I mean, I think this line shows tremendous value in the Nuggets. Another one I want to ask you about, Minnesota-Memphis. The energy that Minnesota brought the other night, I mean, they acted like they won the championship, which was fun to watch SportsCenter and all that stuff. They are plus 290 against a, I don't want to even use the word, overachieving Memphis Grizzlies team that is minus 380. Is there value on Minnesota right there at plus 290? If if Minnesota wins one game in that series, I'll be shocked. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's one of those. Yeah, that's one of those where the layman NBA fan is going to go on name recognition alone. They're going to say, "Oh, kind of like you said." And no disrespect to what you said, but you know, because I think a lot of people probably think that if they don't watch Memphis play and they haven't really followed the season, Memphis is for real. They're for like, real without that, that is too. They were like 22 and three without him, something yeah. absurd. But like, they're just a very balanced basketball team. They defend, they shoot it, they have great big men. Uh, you know, they have a very good bench. Uh, yeah, Memphis is going to absolutely, absolutely roll. The Timberwolves, who haven't made the playoffs since the Kevin Garnett days, yeah. win one play in game at home against, you know, uh, you know, not a great Clipper team. And they think that, you know, they're like title contenders. Memphis is going to boat race them. Okay. That thing will be over in the bl- in the blink of an eye. Is Milwaukee going to sweep Chicago? Yeah, yeah, that's just that's just another bad matchup for that's just a bad matchup for Chicago. They they don't match up very well with the Bucks. The Bucks are tough to match up with in general, but you know, I I think the Bucks, you know, it's like Tiger Woods peaking for the majors. Mm-hmm. I think the Bucks just kind of played the regular season to position themselves and, and get ready for a title defense. And people aren't really talking about the Bucks. Nobody. You know, it's been, a, it's been a lot of Boston. It's been a lot of Phoenix. So, you know, it, it, they're in a perfect spot. They're just kind of sliding in under the radar. And, you know, they got a tough little draw. They're going to have to go through some good teams. But, you know, I think that one will be over. A lot of times we all get excited for, hey, the NBA playoffs are here. Look at these matchups. Oh, the Western Conference, the bloodbath. You know, these, you know, the Warriors and the Nuggets, it's going to be, and a lot of times they're just, you know, a lot of four ones, yeah. maybe a couple four twos, you know, 
Not a lot of game sevens. So, you know, I think there's going to be a lot more blowouts in the first round than, than we think. Nets Celtics certainly will be very good. You know, I, I'm with you on the Nuggets. I think that'll be a great series. Sixers Raptors will be good. But the rest of them, you know, Luka's got the calf strain. You know, the Jazz aren't really playing great. I mean, they're playing a, a little better. But, you know, without Luka, forget about it. Uh, the Bucks are minus 1,200 to win that series, plus 700 for the Bulls. And you're right, the draw right now, we didn't mention, obviously, Phoenix and Miami because Miami will be playing the Atlanta-Cleveland winner and then the Clippers-New Orleans winner will play Phoenix, so we don't have any numbers on that right now. But you're right, that bottom half of the East draw, it's the Bucks. you're going to play the winner of the Celtics-Nets. That's going to be amazing. That's just going to be a fun couple weeks in that bottom half of the draw. Sixers, you're right. You win, you're going to get Miami. Okay, I would rather play Miami right now than Milwaukee. Boston's playing amazing, and then the Nets are the Nets. So, yep, nightmare for the Knicks. They got nightmare. they got the good end. Yeah, and then yeah, the West is interesting too. It's I, I find the East a lot more exciting. Um, so I'm excited. Any final takeaways on those? No, just uh, you know, like I said, just these are long series, and I think you know a lot of times we get caught up trying to handicap these series before they start and. You know, it's 2022, man. Live betting is uh, just a staple of our lives. You yeah. couldn't do this stuff 20 years ago. Exactly. I love you know, that. just live bet, live bet a lot of these things. Watch the game. See the flow. Don't overreact in game one. Do not overreact from game one uh, outcomes. Just, you know, some of these series, they're, you know, game one is just going to be an anomaly. And then. And we got to see how how, how it's going to play out. But definitely ride the first quarter home team game one bet. Free money. I love those. I put those in already while you, while you, we were talking. Um, shifting gears a little bit, what kind of strategy differential do people need who are playing daily fantasy, regular season versus the opening round of the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, that's a common thing. That's a good question because in you know in regular season. It, you're getting a lot of injuries and you're getting a lot of late news and there's a lot of resting and, you know, you can find value guys in, in, in the playoffs for the NBA. There's usually very little value. And, you know, you, you go the regular season where you're used to paying up for Giannis and Embiid and, you know, and Durant because you can afford them because you can go down and you can get like a Trey Jones or a Tyus Jones or whoever the cheap guy that night is. Well, that doesn't really exist in the playoffs. And people still try and shoehorn cheap guys into their lineup. I, I think the strategy that works. I've been doing the, doing this stuff for you know since the inception of DraftKings. Just play guys that you know will be on the fucking basketball court for thirty minutes. These rotations are getting tighter. You know they're not going as deep into the bench. They're usually playing about eight guys. Don't roll the dice on a guy that's only going to get fifteen minutes. That would be my advice, right? It's just, it's not going to hit like it does in the regular season unless something weird happens, like an injury or some insane foul trouble. Play it down the middle. Play eight guys that you know are going to be on the basketball court for 30 minutes. I mean, that's the simplest way to put it because the only way you can score a point in DraftKings is if you're on the basketball court. So, you know, I, I would say if you can shoehorn in some expensive guys, go for it. But, you know, err on the side of caution and, and, and play more middle-of-the-road guys. That's phenomenal advice because I would have fallen into that trap too and try and find some value on guys that might only be, you know, 
getting a few minutes per quarter for per half, whatever. I think that's fantastic advice. Again, if you guys have any questions at all, please write us at Mostly Gambling to have Jay and I answer any questions about daily fantasy. I'm throwing myself into that, but Jay's going to be answering the daily fantasy questions for the playoffs. Real quick, give everyone your finals matchup prediction. Finals match, man, that's this is like the NCAA tournament. I mean, you could, uh, you know, the Suns have been the best team in the West, and you got to you got to credit where credits due. I'm not a Chris Paul fan, but you know, you got to you got to credit Chris Paul everywhere he goes. He he sets franchise records for wins. The guy, you know, he's a regular season winner, even if the postseason doesn't really reflect that. But I'm gonna go with the Suns out of the West. Uh, not much of a hot take there. And the the East, the East is tough. God, I want to say my Sixers, but they just they just don't have enough. I'm gonna say the Nets, man. Okay. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go on a limb. I'm gonna say Simmons comes back and gives them the little uh, you know fast and the furious nitrous that they need to uh, to overcome Boston, to overcome the Bucks, and uh, you know cream rises to the top. Kevin Durant's the best player on the planet, and you know Kyrie's playing incredible right now. Role players are playing a little bit better. They got Andre Drummond playing well. Nick Claxton comes off the bench. That's a guy, DraftKings, so his price will keep going up. He doesn't start, but if he's getting 25, 27 minutes a game, he uh, he, he gets a lot of boards. He's active, pick and rolls, alley-oops, block shots. It's the energy that that Nets team needs to, to thrive. So I'm going to go with the Nets and the Suns, and the Nets win the title. How many games does the Nets-Bucks round two matchup go? Seven? It has to go seven, right? Yeah, you know, barring injury, that's just that's going to be a battle, man. The Bucks are just so good. The Bucks are built well, and the Bucks are healthy now. You know, they really they did. They played the regular season for now. Like they didn't rush Brook Lopez back until he was ready. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's a big piece for them. And then Bobby Portis has stepped in in his absence and and been a great piece. All those guys are very familiar with each other. And you know, that, that's going to be a knockdown drag out fight. I mean, I'll say seven, but however many games it goes, whether it's four or seven, all of the games will be very competitive. Okay. Last question, and we can cover this obviously down the road. We got plenty of time, but some numbers are out for the next Lakers coach. Okay. The Lakers are starting to get into that Dallas Cowboys territory with me where I want to say, who gives a shit? Okay. I don't care about the Cowboys when they're 14 <laughs> and two, I don't care about the Cowboys. When they're three and eleven, yet they lead off Sports Center and every show all the time. I am in Los Angeles most of the time. I'm not right now. All the talk is about the Lakers. The numbers have come out: Sam Cassell plus one thousand, Quinn Snyder plus nine hundred, Mike Brown plus eight fifty, David Fisdale, Doc Rivers plus six hundred, Nick Nurse plus four fifty. Who's coaching the Lakers next season? One of those guys? Or are you taking Man, the field? I hope it's not Sam because I hope Sam is coaching the Sixers next year. Uh, I think Sam's going to be an amazing head coach. It's a travesty that it's taken this long for him to get a head coaching job. Uh, you know, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Nurse. I mean, Nurse could be a loyal guy and he might stay, but I don't think there's any way in hell that you know Mike Brown gets another shot at the Lakers job. Right. I mean, if I'm a Laker fan and they run Mike Brown back out at me, like, give me a break, dude. Yeah. They already have like the oldest roster with the oldest players. Now you're going to bring in a retread who didn't win anyway. I, I don't know. I'd probably go either Quinn Snyder or Nick Nurse okay. uh, as, as the favorites for that one. Gotcha. All right. Shifting gears right now. Baseball is officially done with its first week. We have no undefeated teams. We have no teams that have not won a game. Shocking for baseball. 
Uh, as most of you know, if I was given the czar of sports job and I could change any rule in sports, I would cut baseball down to 100 games and not look back. Forget the purists. Forget all the records. We're going 100 games. These games actually mean something. The Yankees right now are 3-3. Three and three. They're brutal schedule against Boston. And then they're playing Toronto right now. Um, Guerrero's already getting up to mythical status. Somebody spiked his hand yesterday. He comes back and hits a home run to beat the Yankees yesterday. But the main story right now in baseball is what's going on with the Dodgers. Because Clayton Kershaw, who's a marquee name, has been a marquee name for the last 12 years, has dropped down to be like the two or three, I would say that actually the three or fourth starter on the Dodgers. Taking a one-year contract. This is probably his last year. I can't help but become a little bit of a Dodgers fan. I'm Yankee blue until I die. But being in L.A., being a Dodgers fan, all my friends are Dodgers fans. I'm definitely into that team. Um, He was pitching last night. He threw 80 pitches. And in a total shocker, I wasn't watching the game, but I heard he threw a perfect game last night. Seven innings, okay? All the debate this morning is, did it count as a perfect game? Which it doesn't. I don't know why that is a debate. And why did Dave Roberts take him out after 80 pitches? I am going to say right now that they absolutely, Dave Roberts robbed baseball fans of something big, especially Dodger fans. Jay is going to say opposite. Would you like to go first or would you like me to? Look, sometimes I take the opposite side and it's very half-hearted effort. Um, And full disclosure, this will be one of those times. Uh, But I'm sure going to give it a, I'm going to give it a try here. Before you eviscerate me, I, I, I'll, I will lay this out. I will just say, you know, all the Dodgers care about is uh, is winning baseball games, right? Like, they've proven it. You know, we have saw it in the World Series where they pull pitchers. Dave Roberts is – this is not the first time Dave Roberts has pulled pitchers out, like, early because the numbers said so, right? This isn't a one-off. This is, like, the 50th time. He's just being consistent. And when, you know, baseball is being driven by analytics, which we all hate, you know, and there's a place for it, but it's too much. But look, the Dodgers have had a lot of success riding the analytics train and trusting the numbers, even when their gut is telling them the opposite. They go with it and it's worked pretty well for them. It's hard to argue. So I think, you know, Roberts is just he's just going along with the plan, man. And he knows that in a month, nobody's going to be talking about this and Kershaw will be healthy and the plan that they've been executing for the last three, four years has been working really well. So, you know, why deviate now? And, you know, it's early in the season. Kershaw probably has not as many bullets in the chamber as he used to have. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They won the game. The emotions of the fans should not play into smart baseball decisions. Uh, So yeah, that's, that's probably my take right there. Okay. Couple things. Couple things I agree with you about. Yes, Dave Roberts has one job, and it's to win baseball games. That's it. The thing that's driven me crazy about these pitch counts, he said Kershaw was throwing 80 pitches tonight, and then he's out. That is such an arbitrary number for how precise we are with analytics in baseball nowadays, how every single metric is measured and calculated and cross referenced. The pitch count to me drives me insane. If you are throwing a perfect game, I, I understand the significance of it. And before I even get to that, do not take him out. A no-hitter, fine. Those come and go. I feel like those are now becoming a dime a dozen in MLB. I feel like there's at least one or two every month throughout the NBA or throughout the season. 
but a perfect game is one of the most rarest spectacles in all of sports. And if you can have a Clayton Kershaw do that in a, a, in a first week of the season to set the tone, oh my God, you win over every single fan. Right now, Dodger fans are absolutely livid at Dave Roberts, and they've been the most successful team in baseball for the last two or three years, minus the Astros, which drives me crazy to say. But baseball fans needed this. Now, to get away from the metrics and actually winning games, which is extremely important, there's the whole aspect of baseball is dying, okay? There was a Mets fan the other day who said once a week he's going to walk on a treadmill throughout the whole game, okay? I don't know why this has become news. Who gives a shit about some guy walking? If you're running, all right, then I'm a little impressed. The Mets game ended up being like four and a half, four hours and 40 minutes. He picked the wrong game to run. I think it was Mets-Phillies. Okay, Mm. as a Yankee fan in the Red Sox series, I'm used to these long, crazy games and I love them. But we are absolutely losing. And I say we meaning baseball are losing the younger fans. Nobody wants to sit down and watch a four hour baseball game. Nobody wants to sit down and watch an hour long baseball game. The ratings are absolutely in the toilet. Mike Trout is the biggest, I want to say celebrity, even though he's playing in Anaheim and he's very quiet and doesn't do a ton of ads. He's the best player in the game. The only argument. Is his teammate who bats right after him is the best player in the game in a Ruthian kind of style. But Tyler Hero, the sixth man for the Heat, has a lot more Instagram followers than Mike Trout. These kids just don't care. This is becoming, I feel like, what soccer has become in the U.S. before this resurgence of soccer in a little bit. Did you play soccer when you were growing up? Oh, man, Sunrise Frogs. I was an absolute beast, bro. So did I. Every single kid. So did my sister. So did all of my friends. So are my kids. Everything. Every American kid, and this blows my mind, starts off playing soccer because it's simple. Because it's your feet. You don't have to have that dexterity in your hands to to throw a baseball and all that stuff. Every kid plays soccer. Starting out, not a lot of kids follow it through. Probably less than 5%, if that. Baseball is becoming that. My son Dylan is playing t-ball right now. He's crushing it. Avery started playing t-ball and baseball. Are they going to continue it? Probably not because I see these kids and granted they're four years old and I'm the coach. They're sitting there in the field, just sitting there bored out of their minds. And that transfers over to the millennials that are younger than us, our generation. I think you're in the older generation than me sometimes, but we're close in age. It's just boring. I find myself, and I love baseball, I find myself doing 800 different things. I'm sitting there playing my guitar, trying to watch a baseball game. I'm flicking around on the channel. I'm even going to CNN and Fox News in between innings just because this takes forever. Now they're throwing more commercials at us when the catcher goes out to talk to the pitcher in the little box on the upper left. Baseball needs things like this perfect game to get people interested. They have to do things like this because we're a week in. Okay, these, most of these teams have played six games. Oh, my God, we have a long way to go. Holy shit, we have, we're not even 5 6 7% into the season. We have to make baseball more exciting. And if that's with a runner on second base or letting people throw perfect games, you got to do it. How many perfect games have there been? Like 14? Let him go, man. This is absurd. Yeah, the Dodgers are great. Having him throw an extra 20, 30 pitches on week one of the baseball season that's not going to move the needle. Kershaw's going to get hurt regardless anyway. He's going to hurt getting out of bed, man. He's old. He's going to be he's going to probably be on the DL for two months. You can't call it the DL anymore. He's going to be on the IL for two months this season. Doesn't matter if he throws 80 or 100 pitches, game pitches. 
while he's throwing 200 on the same day anyway. That's my take. 23 perfect games 23. in the history and that's, uh, of, of major 130 the history. Years. Minimum 130 years. Unreal. Who knows how far they were going back in the 1870s. Yeah, no, I, hey, look, like I said, it was a half-hearted attempt by me, and I, I do believe what I said. I, I think that's what Roberts is thinking. But, you know, sometimes the greater good is more important, and a perfect game in Major League Baseball when it needs a little energy right now. But... Baseball always plays the long game, dude. It's a marathon. They know nobody cares about April and May. And, you know, most people don't start getting into baseball until August. And the, and, the, and the races, the pennant races, and the wild card races start in September. So baseball, just doing what baseball does, plodding along. I'm going to say this, and then we got to get we got to get going. But I wouldn't be surprised if Dave Roberts got a call from the commissioner today saying, hey, next time that comes up, let it go. We need this. Okay, I know you're going to you're going to win 100 games this year. That's fine. I, I you know, I listen to a bunch of uh, I have a lot of people sending me some stuff about your boy, Tim Donaghy. Okay, your Delco boy. I thought that was one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to. I will. And he just went on another podcast and started talking and they were asking about the playoffs and said, would they call you and say, you know, obviously this person is not fouling out today and we need this team to win today to keep this series going. And he basically said, not in so many words, yes. Not that hardcore, but yeah. If if the Bulls were you know down 2-0 to the Knicks, maybe make some, maybe expand that Jordan rule, things like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if we tell you the truth. Us Delco people, bro, we give you the un- unvarnished truth, man. It. Yo, great show. You know where I'm off to right now. We can discuss this on the next show if you ever want to. I'm going to go get my very first massage ever oh, you've in the never, history of I didn't my know life. you've never had one. I've never had a massage. Oh, I'm going to do geez, a couple's massage at 3 o'clock today. So much to talk about. So much to talk about next show. <laughs> my God. Good stuff out of you, buddy. Nice a, lot, a lot of informative stuff, man. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, Mike, run down the social media platforms again. Let them know where they can reach Mostly us. Mostly gambling everywhere. Find us. Mike and Jay, don't hesitate to write us. Ask us any questions. No such thing as stupid questions. I'm Mike. That is Jay. We will talk to you soon.